1: This is Difference Makers. Welcome. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, now on 106.3 FM in East Portland and Vancouver, 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860, the answer KPAM, La Patrona 1640, 93.1 El Rey, and 104.1 The Fish. And I'd love to talk with you about getting more people back to your church sharing about your ministry through our free online church directory and our church service live stream directory, expanding your ministry or business beyond your walls, establishing yourself as an authority in your field, and becoming more known through radio and podcasting, building awareness of your company or outreach by hosting our events at your location at no risk to you, marketing your message or brand directly to your target audience through the latest and most powerful online tools of Salem Surround, and most importantly, If your ministry leader or pastor could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, a cup of coffee, or connecting to others, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M I K E L E E at kpdq.com. If you are a parent of daughters, you'll want to know that we've got one more True Girl Pajama Party Tour event, and that'll be coming up this Sunday, October 9th, returning to Harvest Christian Church in Troutdale. It's perfect for bringing girls between the age of about 7 to 12 to learn about forming values and beliefs about friends, dating, sex, boys, body image, and true beauty. And that's the True Girl Pajama Party Tour with details at kpdq.com. And I'd also like to invite pastors and ministry leaders plus their spouses to our Pastor Appreciation Breakfast. Please RSVP now at kpdq.com where there's still time to see... Pastor Alan Jackson for a word of encouragement, plus the music of Georgine Rice. It's sponsored in part by Pathways Clinic, and admission is absolutely free. But please RSVP online so we can get a head count, and that's at kpdq.com. Speaking of ministries, we've got three very special guests in our studio today, and they're from the ministry Frontiers USA. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and check out the website for more details at FrontiersUSA.org. That's FrontiersUSA.org. We're going to change their names to protect all people. So I'd like to welcome Jim Stevens, James, and Steve. How are you today, gentlemen? Really great. Thanks. Doing well. Oh, yeah. Well, from my notes, I have your mission statement and things like that about with love and respect – Frontiers invites all Muslim peoples to follow Jesus. And to this end, they train and send teams to places where Christ is not yet known. With the hope of the gospel message, Frontiers USA and the local church are transforming societies and eradicating injustice throughout the Muslim world. So first of all, can you tell us your specific roles with Frontiers USA? I'll start with
2: you, Jim Stevens. Yeah, I'm a mobilization coach here in the Pacific Northwest and uh, have the privilege of doing some speaking and uh, teaching at various universities, uh, speaking at things like perspectives classes, which I'd encourage people to take. And how about you, James? Yeah, um, actually, to speak to
3: what Jim just mentioned, I think we all are in the same role of mobilization coach, um, so doing uh, pretty much the identical uh, job that Jim does as well. And how about you, Steve?
4: Yeah, I am actually in the fundraising uh, phase of doing what these guys are doing, helping specifically college students figure out what uh, their role is in
1: the Muslim world on the mission field. So how long have you been a mobilization
2: coach with Frontiers USA, Jim? I'm going on about 10 years now. I came back from the field and uh, um, really felt like having the opportunity to do mobilization uh, with families and students and retired folks uh, increased the length of my service to uh, see God get the glory he deserves among Muslim people. So what got you involved with Frontiers USA in the first place? Do you have any Muslims in your life? Uh, a bunch, actually. Um Probably, uh, I want to say back in my university days, I met a good number of uh, Muslim students and just became uh, friends with them and started learning more about them. And really, the Lord broke my heart for this group of people that, for the most part, in the, at least in the countries that they come from, have very little access to the gospel. And uh, this started me on a path. I was already on a career path. Um, to be able to bless these folks and then to uh, to speak Jesus to them. So prior to this switch, what were your career plans? I'm curious. Uh, well, my uh, my background uh, is in natural resources management, and I had um, I had a yeah some plans. Uh, mostly, they were my professor's plans <laughs> to uh, work with uh, various government agencies and uh, to work in. Uh, the industry of uh, my chosen field. And how did you know that God was changing your path? You know, um, the scripture makes it pretty clear that um, he calls us and he gives us opportunities to uh, be his hands and his feet, to be a blessing to the people around us, and then to speak about uh, why where he's worth giving uh, giving our lives to. And so uh, I think it was a matter of uh, being in Scripture a lot, uh, listening to, to teaching about uh, uh, just the needs in the world, and then uh, specifically uh, hearing more and more about uh, the Muslim world. So how about you, James? How long
1: have you been with Frontiers USA? And did you have a similar experience, or did you always want to go into
3: missions? Yeah, I've— always wanted to go into missions. I think it's something that's just always been um, on my heart. Uh, I've always felt really convicted by passages like uh, Romans 10, 13 through 15, which um, in brief says, for all who call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how can they call in the name of someone of whom they haven't, like in whom they don't believe, of whom they haven't heard? And how can they hear if no one goes? Um, and how can anyone go if no one's sent? And so that, uh, always has just broken my heart um, but in regard to working with frontiers and specifically with Muslims uh, it wasn 't until my senior year in university that I actually ended up meeting Jim uh, on campus and long story short, he cast a vision uh, for specifically Muslims and just how um, how large of a portion of the unreached people in the world that Muslims make up that I just i couldn 't ignore. Um, It really, really broke my heart to hear um, just how many Muslims there are in the world that have not even a chance to hear the gospel on accident, like they could live their whole lives and never even meet someone who has heard of Jesus. Um, And so my senior year of college, that really gripped me. And then I've been now mobilizing since uh, October of 2021. Um, So it's a pretty new thing for me. It's It's been just about a year. So how has the transition
1: been for you? First of all, joining Frontiers USA. And second of all, was it awkward or different? Or were there advantages to joining the group in the middle of
3: pandemic closures? Yeah, I think that joining in the pandemic actually made at least pandemic-related things maybe easier. um, Because I wasn't coming in having known what it was like before the pandemic. Uh, All of my experience... Has been since pandemic, so it it maybe wasn't the most fun for fundraising. I started fundraising in the summer of 2020, which was sort of in the the height of pandemic, and that was that was pretty discouraging. Um, trying to figure out how to share about what I'm doing in front of large groups of people, but I mean, as far as mobilization goes, it's been incredible actually to have been mobilizing in this season, especially as everything is starting to open back up all of my experience has been post pandemic.
1: So have you gleaned a lot from Jim and his decade with the organization?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been really sweet to, to see what Jim does, the way that he does things and just to follow him around to different events that I've been able to. And um, yeah, just the ways that he's taken myself and then now Steve under his wing and just shown us what it means to be a mobilizer um, of a lot of experience uh, and using a lot of just his experiences to encourage us and tell us how things look. So,
1: so Steve, at the time, were you classmates with James at this university? Yeah, we were. We were roommates for a year. Very nice. So what were your aspirations when you first went to college?
4: Yeah, my aspirations at first was uh, pastoral ministry. Um, and I came from a small town where you were either a, uh, teacher or a pastor. And so, when I wanted to serve the Lord with my life, it seemed like being a pastor was the only option. And so, I I went through uh, the university in ministry and then went through uh, seminary. And it was at seminary that the Lord really started to open my eyes to the unreached and uh, open my eyes
1: to where we could go in the world. I'm glad you mentioned that you discovered your heart for the Muslims, as a student who is aspiring to become a pastor. I think many of us growing up in the church, right or wrong, think to ourselves, oh, well, for me to be a good Christian, I have to be a pastor or a worship leader or a Christian athlete or artist or things like that. And somehow we often neglect other jobs. We see them as more menial because they don't have the missions or ministry logo on top of them. So, was it a relief for you to change directions versus becoming a pastor, which in and of itself is not a bad thing. However, I don't believe everyone's called to be a pastor. Yeah, I think relief, you're right to, to kind of uh, catch that a
4: little bit because being a local pastor is so important, but also going and reaching those who have no opportunity to hear the gospel is uh, just so heavy on my heart. And I think it should be heavy on the heart of the local church.
1: So rather than simply going into the motions, you followed what God put on your heart heavily, what really weighed on you that you had a passion for. That's a good way to put it. Well, that's wonderful. So what are your thoughts on
2: that, Jim Stevens? I don't believe that uh, just because uh, you decide to uh, uh, take a different path, such as uh, becoming a worker on on the mission field – uh, you necessarily give up your passion for pastoral gifts, uh, just as I didn't give up my passion to um, uh, to work in the, the industry that I had chosen. I, I've been working in that industry almost my entire career until I became a mobilizer. And it, uh, uh, yeah, you, we use our gifts that the Lord gives us no matter where we are, uh, and uh, often uh, no matter what our particular uh, vocation is, uh, we're, we're using the gifts that the Lord gives us for His glory and for His work and to, uh, uh, to get more worshipers for Himself. Great points from Jim
1: Stevens, mobilization coach, whose speech at a university drew in James and now Steve. So you must be pretty okay at your presentation skills, Jim. Well done. Do you like being in front of people,
2: or is it only about certain topics that you enjoy speaking? I think I have uh, enjoyed um, being able to have something to talk about. Yeah, this uh, I, I've, I've done these kinds of things now, uh, both in my preparations to go overseas, which really started back in the 80s um, when I, uh, I went to uh, East Africa. My family and I spent six years there. Um, and uh, so, raising support, and then coming home, and and uh, being able to tell our uh, our partners, you know, the kinds of things that happened uh, during that time was uh, I you you've got something to say, and it becomes easier to to talk in front of people. You bet. So,
1: with your experience in the field, what stands out about Frontiers
2: USA to you, Jim? Well, I've actually been with the organization now for 16 years on the, on the field for a while, and then doing this this job. Um, the thing that stands out to me is uh, that it is a there's enough critical mass uh, workers in every Muslim majority country in the world uh, that there's a, a good group of experts since. Since uh, Muslim peoples are the only people that we are focused on, um, there's a lot of international experts in Islamics and Arabic and Quranic and uh, various studies related to this uh, language and culture learning. And uh, uh, the Frontiers does a lot of work uh, with other organizations and even for other organizations and churches because of their expertise. But I think the thing that drew me in the most, Mike, Uh, was the fact that they really cared for their people, both on the field and uh, when they came home from the field. The places that we work, people can get kind of beat up uh, spiritually, emotionally, um, even physically, uh, going through uh, into places where your health suffers. Uh, But going there uh, in obedience to Jesus and then being able to come back and know that I've got a Tremendous support network waiting for me back home.
1: Frontiers invites all Muslim peoples to follow Jesus, and we'll be hearing more from gentlemen we're going to call Jim, James, and Steve today, next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here. And if you go to the website, FrontiersUSA.org, that's FrontiersUSA.org, you'll find out more information about this wonderful ministry, Frontiers, which invites all Muslim people to follow Jesus. So can you give us the big picture, Mobilization Coach Jim Stevens, what exactly is Frontiers doing for someone who's never heard of the organization
2: before? Frontiers is uh, facilitating uh, the call that God has put on people, uh, primarily people with professions, professional degrees, certificates, to be able to get into places where you can't go as a religious worker. You can't go as a missionary to most, the vast majority of the places where our teams currently reside. And so uh, we help to facilitate those things in the dream that the the Lord has laid on their hearts, whether it's to join a team that's already on the field, or people who have a, a vision from God to uh, to go to a completely unengaged people group and uh, uh, take their their skills to be a blessing to them, and then while they're there, of course, to uh, to speak of Jesus, to open Scripture together, and to invite them to follow Jesus, as our um, our byline uh, says, with love and respect, inviting all Muslim peoples to follow Jesus. This is what uh, who we are, and so uh, people with with uh, degrees and skills and uh, even hobbies that are uh, that are useful uh, to somebody somewhere. Uh, we can find uh, a place for you, or we can help to uh, uh, to join you with a team that is doing things similar to what uh, uh, what you can do. The key is uh, your maturity in Christ, your ability to uh, uh, to learn language, and uh, your ability to uh, I'm going to say to be resilient. That that what that means is. Um, Suffering is part of part of uh, the characteristics that we're looking for people. Resilience, let's say that, shall we? So hearing
1: this again from Jim, how does that make you feel, Steve and James, as you as you head into the Frontiers USA world? Is it intimidating or daunting at times?
3: Yeah, I don't know. Um I would say this and this is something that Jim pointed out too, but just Frontiers does really well. Um to help you find your place and help you realize, you like visualize yourself um, on the field and as a as a member of this vision. As a like, this is what I look like on the field. Um, and so, sure, I mean the numbers can be daunting with 1.63 billion unreached Muslim people. That's a a really big number, and there's a lot of, um, as Jim mentioned, there's suffering involved and. and they're unreached because they're in difficult to reach places. But Frontiers has done a very good job, I think, of helping, at least for myself, helping me realize the exactly James shaped hole in the mission field and exactly how I can fit in to be a part of this vision and God's heart for the unreached. I'm glad you shared
1: that, James, because I think so many of us wrongly believe that, oh, well, I'm not qualified to do A, B, and C, or I don't have the gifting that that other person might have. So, Steve, are there certain aspects about how you were born, how you were wired, your education and experience that you believe God can use mightily for Frontiers? Absolutely. But it might not be what the qualifications
4: that people think. So, we at Frontiers, we believe in just a general willingness to be in a situation that is potentially uh, uncomfortable or challenging. And we're looking for people who are just willing to be uh, molded in that way. Um, help me out, guys. What's another way we can?
2: Well, certainly there's preparation uh, to, uh, with faith, with uh, an understanding of. Scripture and how again the gifts that the lord's given you and how he's wired you that you may not you may not uh, uh, be able to go to the field, but there are folks right here in Portland that uh, uh, need this great good news of Jesus and frankly uh, even those Muslims here in this uh, in this community many 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 of them will never meet a follower of Jesus, certainly not a follower of Jesus that is intent on sharing the good news with them. So the
1: fact that Pacific Northwest area Muslims very infrequently encounter Christians, who's that on, Jim? Are they segregating themselves from anything that's not Muslim? Do we, the church, not any particular denomination or congregation, but does the mainstream church sufficiently address people who don't share Christian faith?
2: Well, of course, I can't speak about all churches. I just – as I get around in my my duties, I do hear a a good number of folks who are afraid. Maybe they don't want – they don't feel like there's enough commonality that they have with each other. They're afraid to cause an international incident or something. But uh, I think it's – it's it's important for 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 people to know that you don't need to be afraid, and that you have more in common than you think you do, and the fact that uh, uh, if you're someone who can make a friend with your neighbor next door, uh, then you can make a friend with a Muslim here in in the states, whether students or immigrants or refugees, uh, the Lord brought them here for a purpose, and we have a chance to to be a blessing to them in more ways than one. Maybe we just need to be able to
1: coexist and be roommates or housemates and enjoy each other's company and share meals together and just be, without having a hidden agenda, like, oh, I've got to bring this Muslim housemate of mine to the Lord and just be friends.
2: You know, um, I'm going to say 99% of all statistics are made up (laughs) But, uh, I, I, it's a very high percentage of all the people who come to faith in Jesus do so because of a trusted friend or family member. All right. This is, it's not the big crusades that, that are the ones that, uh, that bring people to Jesus. It's the trust, the trusted friends and family members. To be able to build trust without an agenda, nobody wants to be your project. And so to build trust without an agenda is an important uh, step, of course, in establishing a relationship that leads to me being able to share my faith with – doesn't matter if my neighbor's next door or uh, Muslim students. So, yeah, um, it, it's about – it's about uh, friendship first and foremost and trust. And when you can trust each other, that's where they see our lives. I, I think First Peter 3, verse 15, is really an important uh, – there's a lot of things that can be built out from that. Uh, this is about always being ready to give an answer for the hope that's in you. Nobody's going to – nobody who doesn't know you is going to ask you questions about the hope that's in you it's those who are in your life that know you and to be able to give an answer they've got to ask a question if you never if you never live out your faith in front of them then what questions do they have I I want to be in a place where my my Muslim friends are part of who I'm uh, who I'm living life with and they see when my uh, my father dies, or they see when I have got a child in trouble, or they see when I'm struggling, maybe with my own health issues. That uh, my trust and my hope is in Christ. Um, I, I want them to be able to ask those questions, and uh, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit does that. This is not just a random thing that we do. I'm I'm praying for my friends all the time and asking the Lord for opportunities to uh, To share my faith with them, but not in a kind of a weird way. Uh, I I want to do it in in the context of life. I love that, Jim. So thank you for sharing
1: your observations with us. My old church, Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle, back in New York, used to have signs above the exits which said, "You are now entering the mission field," which inferred that. Well, yeah, we certainly want to pray for and support our missionaries. That we're seeing in different parts of the country or across the globe. But at the same time, a degree of being missional is on all of us, whether it's overseas or with our next door neighbor or people across the street, classmates, relatives. So I guess I'll toss this question at at you, the younger ones in James and Steve. Are there certain aspects that you're encouraged about when it comes to Frontier USA's training that you're receiving? And have your eyes been opened up to how you've been living up until now as Christian young men and how you want to change moving forward? I'll start with you, Steve. I have been so encouraged by Frontier's member care
4: throughout this training process. My wife and I have uh, received uh, just amazing support and assessments, and just figuring out how Frontiers can send as healthy of people as possible to the mission field. Uh, We are surrounded by mature believers who understand the difficulty of living in the Muslim world, and we have received amazing counsel about uh, how to run a Bible study and how to uh, have conflict resolution in our marriages and on our teams. And we have been so encouraged by this whole training process.
1: Has it been the same for you, James? Are there certain stereotypes or misnomers or mistakes that the common American church makes when it comes to our perceptions
3: about Muslims? Yeah. I would say like in the things that Steve said, it's been the same. Um, I felt really well cared for, encouraged, and um, coached, I guess, in the way that I approach ministry and the way that I approach ministry. leading Bible studies and inviting my friends to consider what it's like to serve Muslims. I think growing up, um, growing up, I was surrounded by a lot of people who had a lot of pretty negative perceptions about Muslims. I, people all across the world um, very wrongly assume that all Muslims are dangerous, um, very wrongly assume just uh, m- many things, um, that when I was growing up, I believed these things to be true. Um, And so when I've connected with Frontiers, even before connecting with Frontiers, but Frontiers especially has done a really amazing job of, of, like Jim said, um, just helping me realize like, hey, these are regular people and they need to be loved like regular people. They need the same things that anyone else would need. Um, I think growing up in a a smaller town um, or at least a less diverse town, I wasn't surrounded by many Muslim people. And so I didn't have the opportunity to experience what that was like. Um, but Frontiers has done a fantastic job at encouraging me to be a regular person in the way that I interact with with Muslim people around me. Um, And again, as Jim pointed out, the importance of what it means to be a friend and how a not friend or a random person isn't the person usually who shares the gospel with you and you accept it and you love it, but instead it's someone who you trust and care about. And Frontiers has done a good job of that as well, just just encouraging me to in my workplace in my daily life, what it, like to look at myself as a follower of Jesus first, and to live my life that way. Um, but to live my life in such a way that people will ask questions and ask, "Hey, why are you different?" So these are great
1: observations that you're having, James. So Jim, tell us what does the average person in the Pacific Northwest need to know when it comes to meeting someone of a culture that you're not used to, if you haven't grown up with many Muslims.
2: I think the first thing is that we actually we actually share a lot of common ground with Muslims. Uh, there is a, a deep respect for Jesus as a prophet. Uh, we can build bridges from that. There's uh, an understanding that God speaks and that He gives His Word. Um, uh, there, the the Mosaic books, uh, the Psalms, and the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels. Are uh, are considered uh, God given, even in uh, as stated in the Quran. But um, there's no need really to have arguments about politics or foreign policy, or or even doctrinal issues. Yet those things will come once you build trust. The important thing is to uh, uh, is that your refugee friends have gone through trauma your your new neighbors have gone through trauma be be a kind and loving and generous person with them the international students that come here if they're if they're not part of a um you know a, a big group already they're looking for they're looking for friends be a friend you know how to make friends and so uh i'd say <laughs> Be saturated in the Gospels first and foremost. Be able to talk about Jesus. Uh, you don't have to argue the Quran. You don't have to argue um, uh, differences in doctrine. Talk about Jesus, and and let that uh, let that be who you are. Um, if he wants to talk about other things, great. Talk about sports teams too, but. Uh, 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 d- don't be afraid to engage in life with uh, with your Muslim neighbors, friends, or workmates. Wonderful advice from Jim
1: Stevens, Steve and James of Frontiers USA. Follow them on Facebook. They're a 501c3 nonprofit group. So your donations to Frontiers USA are tax deductible. And you can find out more details at the website FrontiersUSA.org. That's FrontiersUSA.org. We're the Frontiers team next on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, and across the desk from you right now, I've got three guests from the organization Frontiers USA. More details are available online at frontiersusa.org. So we have Steve, James, and Jim, who is a mobilization coach who also spent time overseas on the mission field. So Jim, I want to ask you, with someone who is tenured outside of this country, are there things that The modern church does well when it comes to supporting its missionaries beyond simply finances. And are there weak spots? Because I certainly have known over the years well-meaning Christians who have gone overseas where they have crashed and burned. Does that mean they're bad people? No. Were they the right people for overseas missions? Debatable. But did they have the support that they needed while they were overseas more often than not, I would have to lean toward the no side. So with your experience in the field, Jim
2: Stevens, what are your thoughts directly? Really, the strong points of the church have been the, sadly, (laughs) the financial uh, aspect, is that oftentimes they'll write a check, even a large check, but not have the the contact with the workers on the field. If those workers are are in a place where there's – a good amount of spiritual warfare, of uh, emotional isolation. They need contact with uh, people who are supporting them. I had the, the joy of having some of our church friends come for no other reason than to take me and my team on vacation. And uh, they played with our kids and they loved us and we took long walks and we talked about hard things. And uh, the Lord used this encouragement team to uh, uh, to keep us going on uh, on the road even even during a hard season. so I'd say um, yeah when if you want to support your people well, call them, talk to them we have uh, opportunities to, to pray for our workers in the middle of the night uh, staying up to pray for them till two in the morning well it's of course it's noon at their place and uh, they love it and it's uh, it's really encouraging to yeah lose a little sleep and uh keep your worker on the field good points so james when you hit the mission
1: field god willing one of these days it's expectedly not going to be a walk in the park do you have a support circle people that you can bear your soul to and know it's okay people you can call up in the middle of the night just to ask for prayer because I believe the Bible. The Bible says that we fight not only flesh and blood, but also powers and principalities. However, at the same time, I know too many people who are devil blamers. Oh, I had such a bad day at work. The enemy attacked me. Well, maybe if you didn't oversleep and you showed up to work on time prepared or did your homework before class, the enemy wouldn't attack your work project or your grades or things like that. So do you have certain preparations that you have planned, James?
3: yeah a couple of things that i've been uh, encouraged to do by jim even is just to just to have a group of people that i can invite to pray for specific things as they're happening in mobilization um and that's a group of people that i will definitely take with me to the field um as well just a group of people that i can say hey uh right now i need prayer for this thing um i'm bringing hopefully a couple of those people with me steve and his wife but um yeah, so that that's one one um, thing I have in place now is just groups of people like that that I can really lean on uh, and invite to pray for specific things. Um, and then another, just really helpful thing is being being close with people in my home church, uh, my sending church. If um, when when I'm home, they would gladly host a vision lunch or a vision dinner and just come where I can. I have the opportunity to share what's going on um, on the field. And so that's been a huge blessing to see, uh, see what they've done with other workers and what they will hopefully continue to do uh, with me. So I'm glad
1: that you're not an island to yourself, that you do have people supporting you, not only financially, but emotionally and spiritually. So, Steve, I want to ask you a question. You're on the younger side and you're married. So congratulations on both of those aspects. Enjoy them while you have them. (laughs) Tell me, how did God put it on your heart as a married couple to be going into the mission field?
4: That's a great question. So, in university, my wife uh, got highly involved with the international students and just got a huge heart for uh, working cross-culturally and overseas. And through that, uh, she had the dream of teaching overseas. Well, in my program that I, I didn't really fit into that dream. And so we set it aside for a couple of years. But as I was coming to the end of my education, we decided to try to teach overseas and uh, the Lord started to open my eyes to uh, the gospel cross-culturally and uh, just how awesome that is and uh, working cross-culturally. And so we tried to teach overseas, long story short, COVID stopped that. Uh, and that's when we got involved with the Frontiers Mobilizer, uh, actually, James over here, and he opened our eyes to what uh, global missions, strategic mission to the unreached for the gospel, uh, could look like. And yeah, and kind of going back to uh, James's point, we were drawn to frontiers because of the the care that they they give to their people. They've they've put in place uh, things within the organization to uh, help members and help. People on the field. We we only send teams, uh, and we have we have the means to have on on field care for our members. And yeah, so we were really drawn to that.
1: The organization Frontiers USA seems very well organized. And Jim, since this is not your first foray onto the mission field, can you tell us how it was for your family? When you went overseas, did God make it crystal clear? Was everyone at peace with it? Because I've had other families, for instance, where the parents knew they were called to go. And yet the teenage daughter admitted she really didn't want to do this, but she was going with her parents. So how was your particular situation? I'm curious, Jim.
2: Yeah, uh, that's a great question because um, just because the Lord calls us doesn't mean that uh, it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows uh, as as we go, uh, we took a vision trip with our kids uh, when we went back in the early two thousands uh, to the uh, to to a Central Asian country that we ended up in, and uh, with some of our teammates uh, that uh, we took from our church as well, and uh, had a tremendous time there. The kids had a lot of fun, and the older ones caught a caught a vision for this. Um, but the younger one struggled, um, as, uh, just going into middle school, this is a tough time to make, to make changes. I think I might've done it a little bit differently, um, had, uh, uh, had I put some more thought into it, but, um, we, uh, we, we went and, uh, the Lord gave us, gave us fruit certainly, uh, with, uh, teammates and otherwise, but, uh, yeah. My my youngest one still struggled. So we were only in this Central Asian country uh for uh for four years. And um then decided to come back so that uh the, the, the one who was struggling a little bit could attend uh, high school in this in the States. And while I wanted to go back, uh, we uh it was a uh, it was pretty clear that uh, let's stay in the states for a while to uh, to let the let the youngest one really uh, uh really come back uh into a, into a sense of not feeling uh you know isolated or or withdrawn from his from his family and praise god um we we've, we've restored that relationship but uh Yeah, I've learned a bunch about that and am able to, in my coaching then, able to help families with young kids think through timing and preparation for for kids. We have a a candidate school, um, and part of our candidate school includes what's called third culture kids. Um, These third culture kids go through the same stuff that mom and dad are going through in another part of the building, and... Uh, but on on a more age appropriate level, preparing them to cross cultures and preparing them to say goodbye to everything that they've known and to learn language and to uh, to say hello uh, once they get across that chaos of transition to say hello and to adapt well into a new culture so we're we're everyone's learning we're always learning and Um, That's, I think, one of the things that I like about Frontiers so much is that we're always ready for uh, one of our our non-negotiables is being ready for coaching and upgrading and uh, uh, ready to improve in the things that we do. I'm glad to
1: hear that Frontiers USA has such strong, deliberate support for its people. So difficult question for you. You mentioned a candidate school. Can you give me pros and cons of candidates themselves are there certain blue chip prospects that might not think they'd be good at this who you really think god could use mightily and simultaneously are there others who might have delusions and maybe they're not quite equipped for it what are characteristics strengths and traits of missionaries that are necessary or what might tell you that
2: perhaps you're not a good fit for this this is something that all three of us actually we we have and, and we're growing into this uh, the ability to uh, uh, ask questions, ask good questions, and uh, and look for signs of uh, of readiness. Now, the Lord Jesus is great. He picked fishermen and tax collectors and zealots, and he he bound them together uh, in in. Uh, in being a force of nature uh, and for change in the world, um, by His Holy Spirit, of course, and He can do the same in us. But uh, we, uh, once uh, these, once the three of us are uh, have coached somebody up to a place where they feel like they can fill out a long term application, um, then they get in a relationship with a coach. And every candidate coming through the process has a one-on-one relationship with this coach. And this coach is also asking them very personal questions, uh, weaknesses and struggles and sin, uh, marriage issues, all of these kinds of things. Uh, but also, uh, as, as, as mobilization coaches, we are, uh, we're looking for humility. We're looking at an openness to coaching and upgrading. We're looking at people who, who have a, a graceful attitude toward those who don't believe or, or don't act uh, quite like they do. Uh, we're looking for people who don't necessarily consider their own experience as normalized. Everybody needs to come to Christ and get called to the field just the same way that I did. That's, that's not necessary. And so uh, looking for folks that have this really, I think, a Christ-like attitude of humility and uh, a confidence in their calling. I think that's very much like Jesus. So we're taking people who look like Jesus.
1: Please. Thanks for asking a lot of questions. I think that's being good stewards of the Ministry of Frontiers USA. So without giving any unnecessary details, let's hear some good salvation stories. James, can you tell us – when did you own your own faith? When did you come to a realization that Jesus Christ was the one you were going to follow?
3: Yeah, I think that's a process that's been going on uh for a lot of my life. As a testimony is ever changing, I think so also is just constantly making des- choices and decisions to follow Jesus. Um and I think so I grew up in a Christian home and I had the opportunity to be exposed to what it means to accept Christ from an early age. Um And so growing up, that was something that a decision I had made when I was three (laughs) and as a three year old, I don't know how much agency or like official, um, decision making skills I actually had. And so it was a decision I had made, but, um, definitely grew throughout my life. Um, it grew shape and form as I went to a Christian school, um, through elementary school and then into high school as well. Um, in junior high, I started to really get involved in serving uh, with summer camps, uh, and then God really started to, to stoke this desire for missions in my life. And so I think that's when things really started to to become my own faith, that this is what my faith looks like. This isn't the faith of my parents, this is the faith of me uh, making decisions, being intentional about the choices I make. Um, and so, yeah, my, my choice to follow Jesus and my choice to, to really make this happen has been Um, just at every, every chance I get the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. I'm, I'm working on that. Um, so yeah. So I would say it's been since I was a little kid and then more officially coming into high school and figuring out what it means to be a servant. Um, and then getting, getting a grasp and a broken heart for God's vision for the nations really Mm -hmm. helped also define what it means for me to follow Jesus. Yeah.
1: That's wonderful, Jam. So, how about you, Steve? When did you own your own faith? uh church
4: wasn't really a part of my childhood life until after my parents were divorced and and then remarried. Um, when my parents divorced, I saw a void of hope in my life and realized that uh having hope in what was before me was uh, really difficult, and having hope in Jesus was Maybe not easier, but different and more eternal, and so I gave my life to the Lord then and but went home to a place with very little discipleship and so when my when my dad remarried i I got to see what freedom in Christ looks like um, and so Mike, when I talk about that freedom of being forgiven and forgiving, I get to talk about my dad, which is a huge blessing um a, f- a couple of years after i gave my life to the lord i got to see this transformation in my dad and that was so uh so powerful and i my dad and i uh and my sister uh all got to be baptized together uh which was which was a huge huge blessing and that's when the lord started to show me that maybe some of these difficulties in my life could be used for his glory and and for his uh gospel and so that's when the lord really started to changed my life to look uh, to look towards ministry and then university and that uh, really started to open my eyes to the unreached in the world what a beautiful
1: testimony it's evident how much this has impacted you just getting baptized with your dad and your sister and the change that god's made in your lives that's wonderful well how about you jim stevens mobilization coach did you grow up in a church going family
2: my folks were not uh, believers in my first 10 years of life, and it was uh, uh, a series of hard things and then uh, a tragedy that, uh, uh, that uh, took us to church. And I, as a, as a 10-year-old, uh, was scared into heaven, uh, fire insurance kind of, uh, kind of things in a Southern Baptist church of all places uh love it but <laughs> it was a it was a hard uh it was a hard thing to swallow as a 10-year-old but uh lived my life as a uh, normal high school football playing red-blooded american sadly mm-hmm. and uh and uh, faith was not part of uh my identity uh, it wasn't until i ended up at a at a christian college playing football uh that i um i started to meet people who were serious about their faith and uh started uh, looking at scripture for for my uh on my own and uh, the lord the lord gave me uh kind of a watershed event uh while i was uh living by myself and uh really at this point the lord uh uh really i think the holy spirit convinced me that uh i i'm better and better with him than without him, uh, m- m- being better meaning <laughs> in my lostness and my my incompetence and incapacity, he he uh, uh, he can work in that in my imperfection, and so it was uh, during college that I really uh, gave my life to the Lord. I met my beautiful bride uh, after my uh, senior year, and uh, then we uh, started thinking about mission together, and the Lord just put all the pieces of the puzzle together, and, and here we are, uh, happy in Christ, and uh, yeah, still struggling, of course, as humans often do, uh, but uh, the Lord is using us to uh, see himself get the glory he deserves among all peoples. Gentlemen, thanks so much for sharing your stories with us today.
1: Mobilization coach Jim Stevens, James, and Steve. And thank you especially for the sacrifices you and your families are making to be obedient to God's calling, to train and send teams to places where Christ is not yet known through Frontiers. And you can find out more information on the website FrontiersUSA.org, which I'll leave up on the Difference Makers page at TrueTalk800.com. So thanks so much again for sharing your stories you're very welcome we're glad to be here thank you for letting us be here and thank you for listening to Difference Makers